Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Oswald Cardona. I'm joined today by Marquides. Hello. Laura Taylor. Hey. And Link Keller. Hi. Link, what are we what are we talking about today? We are talking about aliens. Ooh. In general, but more specifically, I just finished reading uh, a book called Truth of the Divine by Lindsay Ellis, which is the second book in the Nomina series that she is writing. Um, And it was real good. And uh, I thought it had a lot of cool things that we could touch on and talk about aliens in general. Uh, But yeah, aliens. aliens. Yeah. Yeah. What what was it specifically about, um, like, what's playing out in that story that... That, like resonated with you and thought it would be a good conversation starter. So a main plot point in the second book is uh, talking about how the U.S. government is responding to aliens being a thing and also being in America and trying to uh, argue whether or not aliens should get human rights if human rights should apply to them mm-hmm. um, or if they should create a, a, a separate status for them which in the book they refer to it as the third option which is giving them some human rights uh, and that leads to um, a philosophical debate about personhood in, about and, inalienable human rights yes <laughs> it's got alien right in the word uh, <laughs> And and basically talking about how a majority of the people who are arguing that aliens shouldn't just get human rights are, are using arguments that uh, are frequently used by fascists to dehumanize certain groups of people. And um, our main character, Cora, is uh, deeply connected with one of the aliens that is there. Uh, the alien's name is Ampersand through most of the series he's got a couple of different names but ampersand is what she calls him um and they have a special alien connection um that allows them to feel each other's feelings to a certain extent um not mind reading but uh more empathy connection and um they are both traumatized people and their trauma impacts each other and um they care deeply about each other but also sometimes they harm each other because it's very difficult to deal with trauma and how it affects you emotionally and physically and um having that relationship play out while they are also being sort of representative of the whole concept of how aliens should be treated by americans American government, humans in general. Um, it's uh it's 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 good stuff. It's good stuff. It um the book takes place in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, hmm. um, which is actually it's very funny in Axiom's end, the first book. Uh, <laughs> George Bush gets impeached because he hid <laughs> he hid the existence of aliens from people. 
<laughs> it's it's just it, that part made me laugh a lot. I thought that yeah. was very funny. It was like, ooh, what a, f- a fun little alternate final, history. You hit too much. You hit too much. <laughs> this is this yeah. Is, Basically, yeah. it was like Weapons this is the final fine. straw. You lied. <laughs> this, is, but this is this. You went too far. You yeah. keep getting caught in Fool lying me to people. <laughs> Fool me. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it's a really timely uh, conversation to have. It takes place in 2007, 2008, but it feels very modern in that uh, the way that we apply labels to groups of people and give them certain access to certain rights and how those things are changing like the rules are made up we make them up and so we how we apply them and then how we rationalize how we apply those rights to people is very interesting and i think it's important conversation in general but especially in you know the past couple of years with um black lives matter and immigration and the way our government treated covid and people with disabilities or uh, previous existing illnesses and how our government is very quick to just be all like you're a person except that you're not like a full person who deserves all of the rights and um using aliens as a way to have those kinds of conversations i think is a a nice geek therapy way of doing an uncomfortable thing but in a fun fictional way it sure is so i just had a a a very uh intense conversation related to this um on on conspiracy of light which is another one of our podcasts that's a that one's less accessible than this one. That's a deep dive into Babylon 5, a 25-year-old sci-fi series. But the thing that we talked about specifically was that there are... Um, we're talking about... Um, uh, right now, we're talking about the context of... And I mean in this conversation from from the book is like the dehumanization, but it's also about separation. And, um, and I love the idea that like, there's only two like one representative from each side that could really understand each other um to that point so i have questions about uh, how different the aliens are from us uh that i want to get to in a second but i want to i want to say that uh, the conversation that i had with with um woody on conspiracy of light was about a point in babylon 5 where there are groupings like of races of aliens and it's like we are the bottom rung in terms of how long we've been in the universe and then there's others that have been like that are that are way older than us and they've evolved so differently and just view us very differently and then there's a whole other group beyond that who were there before even them and they're almost incomprehensible to us right and i and and i i think it's a it's a metaphor about how a lot of this stuff happens right where it's like all of these differences come up and then you just, I, I think some of it, a lot of it is malicious. Um, but a lot of it happens in a way that it's like, it's, it's hard to understand each other, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's a lot of what, what I love to do 
um, that, that we do here, right? That we, we talk about things that are popular because all sorts of different people enjoy, you know, sci-fi and can get into a conversation about this and, and maybe find some common ground and understanding just the fact that we both like the same thing um, or enjoyed a thing or felt a certain way about a thing um, allows us to connect in a way that is sometimes really, really hard. And it can even help overcome, you know, the different types of language barriers and experiences. So I'm curious, how different are the aliens in this uh, saga, this, this trilogy, from humans? So a lot of that aspect is talked about in the first book. Um, mm -hmm. They are... Uh, what what the what the aliens refer to as as post organic they have uh an organic like brain and brain stem but they exist inside of uh it's not like robot but like robot bodies basically they are often described as being sort of like velociraptor shaped um they are bigger than humans they are uh, because of this non-organic form, they are stronger and able to withstand, you know, more. They don't have soft, squishy human bodies <laughs> like we do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it is revealed through conversations between Cora and Ampersand that they have, you know, they have language, they have social structures, they have a hierarchy of, you know, the more powerful aliens in charge of the lesser powerful aliens in charge of the even lesser, lesser powerful aliens. They have um, titles that sort of apply to like their jobs, but also just their general purpose within the social structure that they exist in. Um, but uh, the aliens that come to Earth, so there is a group that has come to Earth before the the book takes place and they are being held by the government but they are not in communication like they do not talk they don't understand each other um and it doesn't really seem like the aliens are interested in communicating they're just sort of minding their own business uh but once ampersand arrives on earth that sort of shifts things in that he immediately starts trying to communicate and um him showing up changes the interactions of the other alien group with the humans in that they're like, oh gosh, okay, I guess we do have to start talking. And it's revealed that this group of aliens uh, basically fled their home world, home group, um, and they are functionally refugees and they are hiding on Earth. And part of the reason that they chose Earth is because 700-ish years before, they had taken some humans and like checked out the planet and be like, oh, there's like life here. Is it intelligent life? Mm, no, not really. <laughs> and it was basically like wrote that off. Um, but it turns out is like when they had come to, to Earth is uh, like right after the Black Plague when we had very low population numbers and a lot of our technology was lost or destroyed or not in use. And so they had a lot of beliefs about what humans were and were capable of that was uh, a little ignorant. First impressions. Uh, First impressions. Uh, yeah, and so a lot of the conversation in the second book is Ampersand sort of reckoning with um, the realization that 
humans are an intelligent species and they are not only very close to being able to do space travel in the same level that uh, his alien group is, but is also um, evolving at a faster rate than they were. And so it's gone from being like this podunk little planet in the back corner of the Milky Way we can hide on to our super organism, which is what they call their group slash the leader of their group, um, is going to see humans as a threat and might might come here and do a little planet wipe um, <laughs> and sort of uh, dealing with the emotions of his part in that whole situation because it turns out he, he was one of the aliens who had come the first time and taken humans off of the planet. And so he's like, I told everybody else that you guys were just stupid animals and it turns out that that's not true and also like now I care about you oh gosh this is uh, problematic Uh oh um but yes so there's um in the first book there's a lot of conversations that happen about like coming to understand this foreign entity as having personhood and understanding the ways in which you are similar and being like, wow, isn't that cool? And then also the ways in which you're different and how uh, awful that can be in in just a complete rejection of like you guys. I guess the, the quick connection here is um, Ampersand, the aliens, they are extremely long lived because of their being post organic. Um, and so they choose when they are going to die. They plan that out in advance. And so the aliens, when <laughs> uh, basically they get to the end of their life and they're like, okay, my family group, we're all going to kill each other, kill ourselves together so that nobody has to grieve or live alone without your family group. We're, we're just, it's the end of our life. We all die together. And um, obviously Korra and humans in general being like, um, excuse me? <laughs> what that's not cool or acceptable and how like you can't apply that idea to us in any way and the conflicts that arise in in these differences between their groups even if there are more similarities between them than there are differences are you saying that that's one of the philosophical like reasons to deny them the personhood no that's not really discussed so much with uh, government officials, that's more with Cora specifically. Mm. Um, but uh, he it, it, he basically, Ampersand talks about how when two groups interact with each other, the dominant group will overtake the other group mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. either wipe them out or assimilate them. Yep. And how he's like, like, no offense, guys, but you're not quite ready to handle our technology capabilities. And so if we do, this is before everybody knows about the aliens, but it's like if we do like come out, quote unquote, to the people, that is going to have like a ripple effect on your your culture, your species, your chances of survival um and uh and that sort of thing right that's the that's like the prime directive on star trek right it's mm -hmm. like like they're not 
they're not at our level. They're not at the they're minimum. They're not ready. Yet. They're not this yeah. tall yet, <laughs> so they can't get on the ride. So we're not even gonna say hello. We'll keep an eye on them. Um, but Learn but from like them. <laughs> yeah yeah. But but it, it's I mean it still happens to a, to a degree. Um, but throughout history, right? Like of course it's like oh. Uh, the savages, the people, blah, 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 whatever. And then right, we treat, you know, it's like we treated each other like animals. Again, yeah, and that's a, that's a big, like, conversation is Cora's, yeah. like, I want to act like this is a bad thing that you're saying, but that's, that is human history. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't refute that concept that you're bringing to the table. It's like, yeah, no, the dominant group will come in and will wipe out the other group. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Again, it doesn't even have to be that different. Mm-hmm. Right, like, like it's just uh, whatever different, whatever we can use to separate, um, to define one group and another, and then, um, yeah, yeah. So then, so then, when ampersand shows up, I'm interested in the in the like the empathy and communication piece. So then, now they they do understand each other, and that doesn't. I guess I guess it just kind of clears some things up. But then my guess is that then uh, it sounds like we just keep coming up with reasons to not, right? Like to that America keeps coming up with reasons to not treat them like any other refugee um, that we've treated before. Kind of, I mean, it's trying to connect it to, to current events right now. Um, there's a Supreme Court judge who's who's going through hearings right and it's like you're just trying to pick at any little thing that you can because you don't want them to be the next judge and it's like we all know what what's happening and you know we see it happening but that's kind of just how we do things I mean, Man, and I do have to say that uh, I am enjoying the great philosophical conundrums and uh, ethical dilemmas that are being presented here. Um, this is 1000% my jam, even though, like, I don't know, like, I, I, you, the, way, the more you're talking about this, the more I'm, like, getting very deeply invested in this. And I am 1000% going to probably go through this entire trilogy in a matter of 48 hours. <laughs> to, to, be, to be clear, the third book is not out yet. Uh, the well, truth of the will... divine came out last year so man i'm sorry i'm so sorry to so I, you gotta I, read I, two I, and then wait <laughs> great yeah the, be... the first book does sort of work on its own to just read it um the second book does feel like the middle of a trilogy and i am like oh now i gotta wait but it was it was such it's such good stuff so meaty mm. so so I'm, I'm curious mark mark what was resonating with you about this what do you feel? I mean, it's really just kind of like everything. Like, um, so I know, like when we when when Link first like brought this up uh, about aliens, and I, I remember I posted I'm like, oh man, I have just the webtoon for this. Um, and then you actually started talking about this. I'm like, oh no, it, it all it really has nothing to do with this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the only um, the only thing that I could say that would like tie in is that okay, so the webtoon that. Um, that I, w- I started reading and then it took a hiatus and then I, I kind of stopped reading webtoons for a while and I just came back into it just to kind of catch up on the the season two aspect of this thing it's called down to earth it's a rom-com um webtoon which that is very telling of me but I love it it's it's really great um but essentially this alien comes to earth and is trying to live amongst 
humans and trying to pass as a human um you know and and there's reasons for it like they kind of hint at it that there's some trouble back in our home world but you know they don't they haven't really gotten too much into it just yet um but she has this ability where she can it's almost like um like an empathy link with whoever like she like touches foreheads with like she'll like put her forehead on them and then like she'll basically peer into that person's thoughts and understand their feelings and through that she's able to learn how to communicate like she couldn't speak any like speak the language she couldn't speak english at all and then she does this and then she has a basic understanding of what um you know the communication is like for humans and then she's with this guy and he's trying to basically teach her how to pass as an earthling which means like no floating uh no doing this weird thing and also not getting too excited otherwise your eyes are literally going to glow yellow and have sparkles um which is like the only thing i could like that empathy piece right there basically (laughs) um that that empathy link is really like the only piece i could say that like can actually tie into this book is like how closely connected like because the more she does it the more in tune she becomes with that person and like he even starts seeing like a little bit of like what's going on for her um and that's kind of like why she gets so hesitant on using it because if she just does it willy-nilly then you know then people start peering into her mind and you know she's a little bit more closed off um but dealing with like the like the ethical dilemmas of the book and dealing with that philosophical thing of like what you're talking about how like they choose when they're gonna just basically end the entire family line like it it, it really brings up the question of like who the who on like who is making that decision and also like what if someone disagrees like what if they don't want that particular time to be the end like what what do they do is it like do they just have to say uh, suck it up and say okay i guess we're doing this or is it like or does that bring up some other questions in terms of like how their society is structured and is this something that like even though like are are they even given the choice to to be like "Mm, no thanks i'd rather keep living and you know and then having obviously having to have that conversation with a human where our view on life is completely different than that and you know we want to cherish every second we have and also understanding that grieving is a completely normal process and something that everybody goes through at some point in their lives Hmm. okay so without going too deep into the to the to the to the to the death discussion just because i mean we do have examples of groups within um um on planet earth our, our actual planet who do follow similar things in in, mm-hmm. in, in different ways mm-hmm. like we do have examples it is not common practice the way apparently it is in this but it does show something that does feel foreign right it's like we don't do things that way like that doesn't even sound right you used words like oh we sh- we cherish life right like like these other people <laughs> they don't they don't cherish we don't we don't know that that's how they feel you know like um that you know we we start making assumptions especially if it if it hits something um that we cherish right mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm i'm curious if uh if there's an example in the book of something that was the other way around where i'm sure i'm sure there's a whole bunch of them right but of stuff that ampersand saw is like why do humans do it this way like that's stupid or that's you know offensive or we would never do that uh ampersands is sort of interesting because he is 
an outsider even within the alien group. Uh -huh. um, yeah. The aliens that have fled to Earth were basically all a part of a group that were like the superorganism was like, hey, you guys are like the outliers of our species and that's not cool so you guys should eh, kill yourselves and they were like mm, we don't feel like it <laughs> and we so we cherish life <laughs> and so they they flee and um once they are on earth there are several of the aliens in the group that are basically like you know what actually I think this was a mistake and they do, they do kill themselves. There are several of the, I think it's like a group of 40 or so in the first group that comes to earth. And when Ambersand shows up, he um, had been captured by another separate alien race um, that is much more violent and had been tortured and basically barely survived. And he gets there and his, his alien group sort of rejects him because he sh he should have not survived that basically, and so he is outcast from everybody. And um, that is one of the ways that he and Cora are able to connect to each other is that feeling of separation um, and not knowing where you fit in or what you should do. Um, I don't. It, Partly because of his experiences, but um, Ambersand is is pretty firmly against what he calls militarists, uh, which is who he is mostly interacting with through the government is, you know, Homeland Security and <laughs> the Department mm -hmm. of Defense. And he sees them as um, particularly bloodthirsty murderous uh, flesh eaters is what they call them is they've sort of applied that to humans in general but the militarists are the worst of that um and so he's like no you guys like you guys are the savages um <laughs> and uh i don't know that there's very many other examples because a lot of the time ampersand is withholding a lot of information from cora which is a lot of the conflict that they have between each other um, is that he is very much of the mind of like, if this information might cause you dis discomfort or might cause you to like not want to be around me, I'm just not going to tell you, um, which is very relatable human shit right there. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a an ongoing conflict between Cora and Ampersand is that Ampersand is very willing to uh, lie by omission or just straight up lie uh, in order to keep Cora compliant to a certain uh, level. Okay. Is is the the tone of the book sounds serious, like dramatic, right? Like it's not it's not uh, it's dark. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> Truth of the Divine is a lot darker than Axiom's End. Um, okay. It it gets a lot heavier in part because of how axiom axiom's end wraps up its final act um a thing happens that is very traumatizing to cora and cora and ampersand um have the the psychic connection happens then and so she is dealing with this traumatic event and is sort of 
inflicting it upon Ampersand psychically, and then he has his trauma from the previous alien group and being rejected and being a refugee and all this stuff, and he's reflecting that back onto her. Um, Not heavy at all. Is, it is yeah. very heavy. It's a content warning. There is uh, lots of talk about self-harm and suicidal ideation. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, from from different perspectives, right? Like yes. From, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's. So. So. What I was thinking about is, uh, why do we use these stories, right? About uh, talking about othering and 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 fitting in and understanding and being, you know, accepted, uh, in, uh, which are super relatable, and then how we 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 touch them in different ways. So. Uh, I started as we're as we were talking about these things and some of the stuff that you were saying, Mark. I was like, "Oh, how often do these stories come through, and and, and that we use aliens, right? And is it like a new thing? It's definitely not a new thing." But I started thinking about like how there used to be a lot of comedies about this, like Mark and Mindy and Elf, Third Rock and, from the Sun, my, Third Rock. <laughs> My favorite Martian. Um, they're right. They're they're and and they would touch. Up, I mean, because of the periods in which they were, um, there's all sorts of uh, stuff happening. But but some of them are, are touching more. Um, right, like some of them go more into race. Some of them go more into socioeconomic stuff. Some of them are just you know. But but they they always ha- like they always touch something even in the comedy because something. Um, deeper and and just more there's some kind of social commentary there right always because it's really just about someone who's very very different and i think it's i like how we can take an alien story and have that be completely it goes to an extreme to a point where it like you said at the beginning it's kind of safer right or feels more comfortable in the sense that it's not like Ah, it sounds like you're describing a particular country, right? It's like, no, the sky is purple and the grass is a color that we can't even describe and it's in five <laughs> dimensions and blah blah blah, right? Like mm-hmm. like they make up stuff like that and and it's like um uh it's it but but we're exploring the same the same ideas. Uh but taking that extreme, I think I I it's it's cool to get wrapped up in it and then you realize like oh damn this is people are like this is every day right we're we're um we're struggling with this yeah is there a favorite version of those stories that uh that you all have like aliens in particular like steven universe (laughs) yes (laughs) Like absolutely, absolutely. The more you, the more you were talking, the more I, I I'm sitting here thinking like, huh, you know, this uh-huh. kind of sounds like Steven Universe. It kind of does, mm-hmm. yeah. Like this idea. I mean, like with Steven Universe, it's like the idea of like, what does it mean to be human, and does that can that apply to beings that are not from Earth, and what we would traditionally consider as as a human, like. Just, you know, like even having those humanistic qualities. And then you think of like characters like Blue Diamond, who has the ability to project their emotional state onto other people. 
And throughout the show, you see her projecting her own trauma and her own feelings of depression onto mm-hmm. everybody else so that way she can make other people feel what she's feeling and then having to work through that and understanding that, like, you know, maybe that's not such a, a good idea. And then working on trying to, you know, overcome that. And, of course, you know, once they find out Pink Diamond is not actually shattered, then, you know, then she seems to be okay and, like, is better at least working on that. And you see that in Steven Universe Future, too. But, like, just the whole process of things, like, with Peridot and then with Lapis, like, working on sort of gaining a better understanding of two very different cultures, especially with Lapis, who was around during, like, a much older era, and having to come to terms with after being sealed for thousands of years. And then, mm-hmm. you know, reestablishing what it, like, what these, like, how different humans are compared to maybe when she was first around. And even with gems, too, like, how they've changed and how they act differently compared to what she's used to. Different tiers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, this is why it shouldn't surprise you that uh, Axioms and, uh, started as a Steven Universe fanfiction <laughs> and it just became its own. Is that true, I think? No? I, you know, Maybe. I, I would have said after. I would have said no, but now that I'm thinking about it, I, I, yeah. I, I hope that Lizzie Ellis has watched Steven Universe because I feel like she would enjoy it. <laughs> just turned it so into, into its own thing, yeah. But the it's obvious the characters are the same. <laughs> yeah, but but like Steven Universe, I, I love the idea that it's like so. What if? Aliens just moved into a beach house and you know just left them alone and let them do their thing. Like, why not? Why do we get? Why does it got to be a whole thing? There was, there was a show called Alien Nation. Do you remember? Do y'all remember Alien Nation? And that one, it's it's uh, when the series starts, it is deep into already. You know, this alien race is integrated into American society. Like the the protagonists are two cops you know like one of them's an alien one of them's a human and um i think that's right i think i'm almost certain that that's correct and um and and so it explored all you know all of these concepts but from like i guess from i guess it was a procedural i don't think it was a procedural i mean i know i'm describing a procedural but i, I think I, I don't think it was i think it was more of a drama but that was just you know kind of the, the lens that they that they took um, and so you you saw how the different you know how all these differences were playing out. But again, it's like you step back and you're like you're just telling. I mean, you just you could have changed. It didn't have to be aliens, right? It could have been could have been just any two different groups of people. I just googled it, and it is described as a police procedural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess back then that wasn't a term that I used to describe television shows, but. Yeah, I realized I'm yeah. like, am I describing a procedural? <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, a procedural with a twist. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, but it explored right instead of just like crimes and stuff. It's like, well, how would it be if we had you know an alien race here? But I mean, but it's not different from you know a, a show that's just about you know any form of immigrant in a in a in a new you know in a place where they are immigrants. Laura, you've been you've been quiet. Uh, I know. I've been quiet. I've been quiet. There's been such good conversation going on. Um 
one thing that came up for me is um, it's interesting because how you say it's something that's I don't know you can pull back from because mm-hmm. it's not direct. But I'm my example is Supergirl, mm-hmm. which Josue, you stopped watching when the yes. storyline I want to talk about came yeah. on because it was too real. Um, it's true. It's true. The way they handled it was true. But but and 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 I'm 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 glad you you brought this up. I just want to I would want to give the caveat that. In Supergirl, the main alien is like just a human-looking, right? Like Kryptonians look exactly like humans. Mm-hmm. There's other aliens that don't There's look so like that. There's so many other They're aliens. Super, yeah, right. Yeah. But like when you, I remember you mentioned like, oh, I can talk about the Supergirl thing, and I knew which we were gonna talk about. Mm-hmm. But my first thought was like, ah, oh, but like Supergirl just looks like everybody. Like it, it at yeah, that point, it's just she's literally be, just from another country, you know. How how many other times have like Superman and Supergirl been like the villain or like someone is terrified of them because of they could kill everybody like that, you know? Just yeah. that's how strong they are. Yeah. Um but I think the storyline in Supergirl focuses, yeah, it affects her some because people she cares about are uh are being called out. Being, she can pass. She but, can oh, pass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it also affects her, right? The, yeah. um, the interesting thing is that the president at the time, played by Linda Carter, was an alien. Um, we didn't and know didn't, at the beginning. We didn't know at the beginning. No. But she was an alien, and we voted her into office, not knowing she was an alien, and she pushed through a, um Alien Protection Act. Um, and everybody was behind that and then they found out that the uh she's a president the president's an alien her she doesn't look like a human it was just all a facade oh no oh no we have to hate the aliens now um but the storyline was a lot about like oh these alien refugees are coming to this planet they're stealing our jobs um that is the entire arc is that this guy's dad lost lost his job because of i can't remember exactly it wasn't the them stealing the jobs i think it was it closed down because they no longer needed it anymore whatever i if i remember correctly i mean it bothered me because it was uh i think it it was just it was just uh like note for note Oh yeah, there were right. like families being separated and it was like it was like our 20 especially 2019 2020 it was like Absolutely. everything we were going through. And at the end though, you get Supergirl and other aliens. She is like the bridge between the two and she's able to communicate and show people hope and and change things. Um I did not rewatch the end of that season. But the final season has a lot of dealing with kind of coming together and trying to rebuild after all of this hatred. Um, And like, I don't know, there were foster systems for refugee children that were aliens, um, specifically. Some of them not so great and some of them okay. Um, So this idea of aliens and human rights and do they deserve them allegory for real stuff but it shows up everywhere um the other thing i thought of is it's not aliens but star wars does a lot of with droids and are they human do they deserve rights that kind of thing 
Um, Josue, we played in a Star Wars game where one of the main stories, not the main story, it was a side story, uh, but it came out to be a really cool episode, the liberation, the droid liberation movement, um, where they called us all flesh bags and you called us flesh bags because you played a droid. (laughs) I did. I did. Um, But that was a really cool experience to play through and kind of experience. But that's something we see, especially with uh solo that movie um and lando calrissian's droid which i cannot remember yeah it's a letter yeah. and a number i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i was um, gonna say k2so but um no that's i think it was one. just two yeah um yeah i remember that that was in that game i was i had been hanging out with humans for a long time so i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't hate them right like i had uh but but this Except movement, for certain ones. There's one in particular. <laughs> Actually, that was a Twi'lek, so that was just a flesh bag. <laughs> uh, true, true, true. Uh, no, no, it was the, it was the kid, but I didn't hate the kid. He was a, he was was a Twi'lek. He was? Oh, I didn't, yeah. I don't remember. But, I mean, actually the character, like, I cared too much. That's why, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want him close. It's like, that's how much I cared mm-hmm. about humans. Um, uh, but Yeah, you were a healer. Yeah, 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 exactly. The this bridge idea right so like there's like ampersand and cora right like have this connection um mm-hmm. supergirl she looks like one of them yeah i mean and, and she lives both lives right like she lives as Kara mm-hmm. danvers and she lives as as uh as supergirl but so a- so that's and a as Kara Zorel, right yeah Which none of them know her actual name <laughs> yeah there's yeah and i mean steven is uh, you know, half human, half uh, half gem. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea—I don't know how I feel about this. Like, as I think about it, right? It's like so because because I think everybody here, for completely different reasons, has experienced people making assumptions about us, right, and lumping us into one category or another outside of our our. It wasn't our decision, right? Other people mm-hmm. decided things um, for us and and disagreed with our interpretation, right? With our um, uh, with, with our reality, right? Like they were like, mm, no, uh, and and we've had to and we've done this and we've 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 passed as as something else, or we have um, or there are just assumptions, and then and we've had this experience of. Oh, but I didn't know, right? Like, like, like the like the president, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, but we thought you were human. Now that we know that you're not, we can't still be friends, you know? Like, it's not okay anymore. And that, but, but that, depending on if you meet certain characteristics or criteria, right? That you're this, you're the one. Like, you're the one who can bring together all of the sides. I I used to love that, right? Uh, like the idea of this of this bridge of this thing that connected. But that's just another version of this um, chosen one, right? Or someone who has like the very specific characteristics. There's, it's not like something that you can accomplish through, through merit or study. It's like, no, you just looked a certain way, or you had a certain power, or you had a certain ability, or, or you were at the place at the right time. And um, so I, I think it, like, 
because these stories repeat over and over and over again, and we see them, um, and then we we explore them in media, like what's the answer, right? Like like it feels kind of hopeless in a way, if the only bridge is one human and one alien out of all of them that have a psychic connection, right? It's like, or this one, you know, alien that luckily she's one of the very few who escaped the planet and she is, and she meets all of the beauty standards of the 20th century. <laughs> right. Um, and also, you know, et cetera. And, and things that, you know, ah, oh, it's, I don't know. I'm feeling a certain way about it, right? Like the, what's resonating with me is, is which, what are these stories getting at and how, and, and like, I don't think I used to feel this way about, about these types of stories, right? It was like, oh, no, that's cool. And when I've been someone who can like, yeah, I'd much rather be like a, a version of the things that I was uh, saying before that we've all been through. At least in this group, I, I think there are people who who haven't experienced this. But but I remember like not being you know I was I was too American to be accepted in Puerto Rico, and then and then you know I was Puerto Rican, so so I was discriminated against in the states. And then I don't know at what point later it was like oh I'm exotic and I you know and it's like oh great uh, and now people like me for different reasons. Or people, but it's still people making assumptions and, and doing things and then, and sure, like I know two languages so I can bridge a gap, right? But then that means if you don't have that psychic connection, <laughs> then then you can't help in that, in that sense. Or, or it's also a lot of, it's also a lot of pressure on these one point. Like mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between a story where like, I think in alienation, this happened a lot. Where like there were a lot of mixed relationships, you know, and like mm -hmm. there were a lot of people for because there were so many. But a lot of these stories focus on this one. This is the key <laughs> to Would bringing you, people together. It's interesting because the last season of Supergirl brings up more of that. Like Brainy decides to stop wearing his like device that keeps him looking human. He yeah. has bright green skin and bright yellow hair. Um, and he's like that most of the time. And most of the aliens end up being themselves in that, in that last season. So he's also a sp spokesperson. Um, so is Martian Manhunter, both as a black man and as an, a Martian. Um, and they start showing that. Um, and then they have um, Nia Nall speak out as a trans woman um, for aliens and for trans people. So Cars the bridge in that season because they needed that. And then they realized, hmm, maybe the friends and they and they form like the super friends. So... <laughs> There's more to things yeah. than just her. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one of the strengths of Truth of the Divine and Steven Universe Future specifically is exactly what you're talking about, where having uh, a singular character be this sort of bridge between groups is both uh, very empowering and incredibly traumatizing. 
because mm-hmm. it is isolating, but also you are in a position of power. You are a way for people to communicate, and there is so much pressure on you to do it right, even though in that context, it's like you have nobody to look to as to what what is the good version of doing this and the bad version of doing it. You're just winging it. And that's one of the things that Cora is, is grappling with pretty regularly is she is especially in the first book she is functioning as an interpreter and she's like i am not i'm not a trained interpreter yeah. and even if i was <laughs> that's not like there there's no training for doing this what i'm doing and so i am like the most Speaking knowledgeable for the entire human race no? <laughs> the- there's no training for that <laughs> well more so speaking for the aliens to other humans oh, and trying true. to mm-hmm. get across the contents of what Ampersand is is telling her, but also framing it in such a way that the government isn't like, you know what, we should just nuke these guys like right now. Um, and and how how much pressure that puts on a person to yeah. to exist in that space. Yeah, and there are several episodes in that season of Supergirl where she like breaks down because she is feeling so much pressure to take care of so many people, and why can't you all just stop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, with all of you guys talking and with the sway of the points that you were making, um, I I actually have another thing of media that like it's it's um. It actually does, to me personally, I think, like the more I'm thinking about it and the more I'm reflecting on it, it actually kind of shows what it's like when you don't have that one person that's a bridge and imposes, and it's kind of asking the same question that you're asking of like, what, where does this, where does it go from here? And Percy Jackson. No, actually. Oh, it's the first time you haven't brought up Percy Jackson. I know. Don't worry. No, it's going to happen at some point, but not today. Um, It's actually destiny. Destiny 2. Mm. Um, so, you know, like, you have the, well, I think it's like five or six different alien races, but mm-hmm. in the newest DLC, The Witch Queen, um, it really does have a lot of those sorts of themes in it. Um, you know, I won't spoil too much about the whole campaign and the story, but, you know, in in the um, in the trailers, you know that um, the Hive get a hold of the light, and this poses a question of, like, why why is it that the traveler would give them the light um during the first battle like in, in destiny one um when the darkness was coming for the traveler and it sacrificed itself one of the main enemies of the traveler was the hive so why now would it bless it with the light um, and give them the powers of the guardian um or their abilities and they kind of pose that question of like what is this connection here why is this happening and there is no bridge like they have Savathun as like the main antagonist but she's not like a bridge she's not in any way diplomatic about anything she's you know many times trying to you know destroy us um so like there is no like one person is is a single representative or is psychically connected to anybody. It's more of now trying to deal with this concept of like there's some different. Then now there's some similarities between us and the hive. How do we deal with that? How are we going to cope with that? What is the deeper meaning behind this? And also dealing grappling with the the fact that they don't have an answer 
no one can the traveler can't speak to people so they don't have a concrete answer as to why the hive have the light um or or what's kind of going on like or you know like what where what are the next steps like they have to figure that out themselves and decide whether or not they want to try to work with the hive or it's just going to be an endless combat thing yeah yeah uh i mean like historically that's when right it's like well this is why you don't want to give rights this is why you don't want to give access to resources this is why you don't want to share because then ah, if you can go to school also like then you can get educated and then you can make stuff and then oh then you can own stuff and like oh then you can have money and then you have power and you have authority oh like oh you know if we if we let you run for office, then you can be represented. Like, right, all these things that like, we didn't want to do that. And then, but now, oh, now that you're here, I don't know what, you know, ugh. now what? Um, it, it's that, it's that Should kind of- Should aliens um, be allowed to participate in the stock market? Mm-hmm. These like, are the oh, questions. That's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> right? It's like, no, we don't want certain people to own land and we don't want blah, blah, blah. Like, this is, this is the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And it, in Destiny, it's like, the humans i mean this is this is the whole core of of uh, of the story right people are like yo there's this one amazing energy out there and why did it choose you we want it and so they're kind of fighting over it like some of them are like oh you must have taken it and they're like no no but it's our god given right <laughs> you know it's like literally the traveler chose us it's like ah did it though right like they explore a lot of a lot of things and like why does the traveler do what it does and and there's everybody has different beliefs and all of these things are going through, but damn, that makes me really excited for 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 the current DLC because I haven't I haven't played it yet. I had you, no idea that that's what thousand percent should play it. Oh my goodness, it's so good. The lore is so good, and I watched a whole video about like explaining the things and even going with that that idea of like why does the traveler do what it does? Um, yeah. And no one knows <laughs> exactly. No one knows, but like the elixir or the fallen, like they were the ones that were last blessed basically with the mm-hmm. traveler, and then the traveler just up and left them. It just was like, and I were, and I'm gone, and now I'm going to the humans, and um, and that's kind of why like they're chasing after because they want it back, you know, because now their their whole society collapsed. Um, but yeah, no, I'm finding more and more that the 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 lore of Destiny is 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 great. It's amazing. <laughs> Should definitely be its own podcast in the future. Look. I still haven't played a game more than I've played Destiny. I'm down. Uh, Look, some of those campaigns aren't even available anymore. You can't even play them. So, like, we should, Mm -hmm. we should, we should do that for the good of you know the community. The the what is it? The it's not a guild. It's a clan. Clan. Our clan Mm -hmm. is still up. That GT green flag. It's just what you, me, and Nina. We left. (laughs) Everyone else left. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still there. It is still there. Yeah. Holding, holding up. Yeah. We're damn. Okay. Well, we'll revisit this idea of a destiny podcast in the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but uh, no, no, there, there, there's some good stuff there. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, but I mean, uh, like all stories, like we're just telling things that have happened before. This is, this falls into the, you know, we're the chosen ones. No, we're the chosen ones. <laughs> we were chosen by this deity or you know this this is why we're better than you or etc and i mean these things just play out again and again and it is it is fun to to imagine 
Well, again, I think as much as I love science fiction, sometimes conversations like this, because they are dealing with things that are like, it's not, I don't, I guess, I guess I'm feeling, it's so weird. I feel like hopeless, right? In the sense that like, I can't think of a, of a, of a version of, of science. I'm, I'm sure there are some, but I can't think of any right now where I was like, oh, that's a potential solution, right? I feel like, like it's all like, we're always just playing out what we saw through history where like, there's, it, it never, it never resolves because, because the stakes are so high. And so we do things like we do, we do assimilate. We change. I mean, I mean, right. Like at, at a very personal level on a day-to-day -day basis, we code switch, we change, you know, we, we, we change the way we dress, the way we look, um, for different reasons to accommodate. We do things that we thought we wouldn't do because, because we've decided pay rent or do whatever, or, you know, or have something like we run all these chops, but then like at, at other levels, it's like this whole group of people just assimilated, right? Whether by force or, or not, you know, there's just repeatedly so many, so many, um, um examples that over time, even after that happens, like that's potentially a resolution, right? Like that's, that's a, that's a, uh, a version of how you get rid of the, of the differences is like, you're Russian, you just invade Ukraine you and you, and you annex it or, you know, whatever. Sure. That's one way, but then we always find ways to find division again. And I, I guess that if the, these stories were to, I guess they're like cautionary tales, right? Like, like maybe if we repeat it, like, and they see it in different contexts, let's do it with aliens. Let's do it with robots. Let's do it with puppets. Let's do it with, <laughs> with gems. Let's animals. do it with animals, right? Let's do it with, you know, every version of this. Let's make comedy versions. Let's make drama versions. Let's remake Roswell from the early 2000s, you know, and tell that story again. Let's just, let's just keep revisiting it. And maybe, maybe we will we'll figure maybe we'll realize what we're doing what do you think no do you think it do you think we're yeah i i think that this is the the purpose of these stories is to really engage with human patterns of behavior and belief systems that pop up over and over again and the way we deal with conflict and the way we respond to fear most particularly um fear of yeah. the unknown fear of differences and of loss how throughout history it's it's not new it can feel in the yeah. moment like this has never happened before we've never dealt with anything like this before but the realization is like no this is have, yeah. this is it this is what we we are coping with this is what we are trying to exist within and uh, I, I, also, I, see I love it. We it play out in nature, right? Like also we see it play out in nature, right? Like I even like the idea of like, oh, there's this like super advanced race that's watching us do the same things. Just like we're looking at, you know, at, at um, you know, other animals and bugs and insects and, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, like we're all, damn, really? But shouldn't, shouldn't we know better? No, I guess not. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Is it better? And then. No, <laughs> it ebbs and flows. We we find different ways to do it at the at the at the at the most you know 
personal level, like even, you know, small groups of people to entire societies. And yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> that repeating history, repeating itself kind of thing uh, reminds me of a hard time satire piece that I saw about Avatar The Last Airbender. And it was like, Avatar The Last Airbender creators wonder how many animated children's shows they're going to have to make until we realize we're the Fire Nation. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's a, that's a, that's a mm -hmm. good point. Yeah. Huh. Well, I bought Axiom's End. I, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in exploring that, that story regardless, because I like, I like the idea of it. I like the way it plays out. I love that idea of like the psychic connection and that bridge. Um, curious how I'll feel by the end of it. If I, if I reach the end of the, of the trilogy and how it, maybe it'll have a new way to figure things out. Um, I, uh, I checked out Axiom's End and Truth of the Divine from my local library, so I don't know how the audiobooks are. I assume they're great because uh, Lindsay Ellis is from YouTube, so she knows the importance of the sound of things. Um, but yeah. Cool. Yay, yeah, libraries. Yeah, yes. Yay, libraries. Yeah. Closing thoughts. Link give us gay, yeah, li uh, gay libraries. Yay libraries. <laughs> gay libraries. <laughs> gay too. libraries. Also, yes. Yep. Mark, any closing thoughts? I, I was, I, I really loved this discussion, and I loved that. Um, I had a lot more media than I initially thought to incorporate in this, so I know that the, the entries for this is gonna be pretty long. And yay, destiny too. Yes. Lara, closing thoughts? I am actually really excited about this book series, and I think I may pick it up too from my library. Uh, oh, my yeah. my ebook, uh, my e card has been a savior during the last couple of years, and I've been reading more uh, prose books instead of comics too. So um, I cannot wait. I'm going to check it out. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I know I was a little, um, what is it, espresso depresso? Is that, is that what you called me the first time? <laughs> yeah. The couple of weeks, yeah. You know. um, just, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know why, why it had this uh, that effect on me, but that's what this is all about: exploring how these stories make you feel and the reasons why. And I think, I think it just hits too close to, to home. Um, the a lot of the a lot of those uh, stories, and and I couldn't think of during this conversation, a version of this that I'm like. Well, at least I still have this one story that really gets it right and is like aspirational in the way that, you know, we'll figure it out, you know, like I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they exist. I just can't think of them right now. No, or at least it's going to be hard. It's always been hard. Okay. So, uh, join in the discussion in our community spaces. All links to all of that are in the show notes. For more geek therapy, visit geektherapy.org. Thank you for joining us. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Mm, geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org.